everyone. Welcome to our Strong Mind, Strong Body podcast. I'm your host, Angie Miller, and today we are going to talk about true crimes, the trainer edition. Kind of wish we had some really cool music here, some kind of, you know, scary music or something. So, you know, true crime podcasts, those are all the rage. I know tons of my friends, my family is very caught up in these true crime podcasts, but you're not going to learn about any real criminal activity in this podcast, but you will hear some scary mistakes that I think that we as trainers sometimes make that probably haunt our clients more than we think they do. And my goal is that you are going to walk away with a toolkit of trainer traits. They're going to keep your record clean and keep your clients coming back. So let's talk about true crimes. Let's talk about some things that we as trainers might be doing to haunt our clients. First and foremost, I think the number one crime that a lot of us create or commit would be not creating emotional connection with our clients. I think it's probably kind of intuited in what we do that we probably enjoy people as a community of human beings. And we probably need to be interested in people on some level in order to connect with them and again, enjoy our work. But the truth is, is that we don't actually have to like a person. We don't even have to actually like a client to be able to create connection with them. Um, and I think that a lot of times, even when we do like our client, we don't, we kind of miss these opportunities to connect with them on a deeper, more authentic level. But here's the thing. Connection is really key because connection drives trust and trust takes relationships to a whole new level. Trust, understanding, authenticity, those are key elements that really seal a relationship in stone. It really seals a relationship professionally, but it also makes it feel personal. And those are the kind of relationships that all of us love. We can have a professional relationship with someone, but we also, I think on some levels, want it to feel personal. So I think one of the best ways to truly connect with our clients is to listen. That key word I feel like is always listening. We need to hear them. When they talk about their lives, their kids, their work, their fears, their worries, their concerns. And if they don't readily open up, then maybe it's up to us to ask them questions, to invite them to tell their story. Not to be intrusive, but more open-ended questions that invite conversation and connection. And open-ended questions, again, invite people to talk and to tell us more about them and more about their story. Ideally, you know, I know that all of you, I know that I am asking those questions in the intake session because it helps us to determine what type of training that we're going to do with our clients because we want to make sure that our training matches their lifestyle and their goals. But how much are we continuing these conversations throughout the training sessions? Well, we know more about our clients we get a better understanding of what their actual value system is, what's most important to them. And if our training aligns with their values, then they're going to be more intrinsically motivated. What I really want to know about my clients is 
what turns on their switch? What makes them want to get out of bed in the morning? Because in my opinion, it's less about programming and more about a personal connection and relationship building. Any trainer can, can develop programs, but not all trainers can build that connection. There are tons of trainers out there. So how are you going to stand out in a sea of trainers? I think it's your ability to reach your clients on a personal level and make them feel seen and valued and understood. So I have an example. I recently went to a very large convention. I went to Idea World and a fellow presenter walked up to me. We've known each other many, many years. We've actually taught together at different conventions. And she came up to me and she said, I can't remember your name. And immediately I would be lying if I said I wasn't completely turned off. So that same day, another presenter who I've never actually met in person, but we know each other on social media, she came up to me at the presenter party and we both embraced and we both said each other's name at the same time. And there was this true, authentic, excited connection that we had because we couldn't wait to meet each other. So I think it's less about whether somebody's bad at names and it's more about, you know, do, are you authentically connecting with people? Because I don't have to remember someone's name to create a connection with them. I could just say something like, gosh, I haven't seen you since XYZ convention. It's so good to see you. Okay. So again, my name is Angie Miller. This is our Strong Mind, Strong Body podcast. And I'm talking about true crimes, crimes that we might be committing with our clients. And the first one was just not creating that personal connection. So I think another crime that we might be creating is misunderstanding our client's true motivation to be with us, to share space with us, and to get their goals met. So if you reflect back to kind of what I just said about intrinsic motivation being the main driver to success in life and in exercise, I think we have to know what's in here, what truly intrinsically motivates our clients. Do they love to be challenged? Do they love to learn new things? Are they more comfortable playing it safe and doing what they know? Because if they are, then we have to just make sure we set smaller, more achievable goals so that we build self-belief and we don't push them too hard too soon. But here's the, the caveat I think about motivation. We've grown up in a world where we are so wired toward extrinsic motivation. We're conditioned to focus on things like bonuses or salaries. We grew up needing to get the A or be at the top of our class. Um, it's how we start to gauge our intelligence and our value and our worth in society. Because all these things like, did you get a promotion? Or are you successful at work? All these external motivators are kind of how we develop our lay of the land, so to speak. But those external motivators don't really light us up for long. They don't get to the heart of what really matters to us because yeah, we all want to be paid and we all have to, to pay the bills. That's a fact, but keep in mind that external motivators, like when gyms give out free t-shirts, stuff like that, those extra, those extrinsic motivators don't hold a candle to intrinsic motivation 
when it comes to long-term exercise adherence for our clients. So we're better trainers when we tap into true what truly motivates our clients. So if you remember, I did a podcast last year called Fixed Versus Growth Mindset, and I talked about how to reshape the way that we think in order to kind of get or unlock our true potential. And all the research supports that those with a growth mindset are, are the ones who are focused on reaching their highest potential. They're more open to challenges and opportunities, and they're more naturally intrinsically motivated. So if we want to really help our clients develop a growth mindset, which is what that whole podcast was about, then we have to help them focus on process over outcome. So we have to make it less about the end goal, which is the outcome, and more about the process that they go through to get to that goal. So how their daily effort, how being consistent on a day-to-day basis is paying off, what they're learning about their body, what they're discovering about their personal strength, and how empowered they feel knowing that they have what it takes to get to a goal. So last but not least, we kind of have to remember, though, that motivations change over time. So what motivated them in the beginning is probably going to change as they reach those goals. So keep asking them questions. I always say that what, what I used to exercise for back in my 20s was so much about external things, how I looked, and it really had very little to do with how I feel. And now what brings me to the gym is because I want to feel good. I want to have positive emotion. I want to keep my brain healthy. So motivations change over time. So crime number three, again, I'm Angie Miller. This is our Strong Mind, Strong Body podcast. And I'm talking about this is our true crimes episode on crimes that we as trainers commit that kind of haunt our clients. So number three is being the know-it-all trainer. In truth, the thing is, we we only know what we know. And the more we learn, the more we grow, the more we realize, gosh, there's so much out there that I really don't know. Every time I go to a convention or every time I take a certification, I really realize there's so much I don't know. There's so much I didn't know last time I trained my client, and I'll continue to feel like that as long as I'm taking courses and learning. So we are limited, and we have to maintain perspective. So that's personally why I don't like the word expert. I know a lot of people call themselves an expert and I'm not calling you out for calling yourself an expert, but to me, an expert is like, okay, I got my stake in the ground. I'm an expert. I'm good. I don't need to learn anymore, but knowledge is power and It's not power to be used against people from a place of, I know what's best for you, so just listen to me. The truth is, and I I talk about this in mental health, the truth is, is that our clients are the best navigators of their lives. They really have all the answers and all the tools. So do you, so do your kids, so does everybody who walks this earth. We all are really the best navigators of our lives. Um, And I, I talk about this in motivational interviewing, that we, in fact, as trainers, are collaborators and guides. We are going on a journey with them, but not from a place of 
dictating or demanding as if we know what's best for them. Clients want to feel like they have choices. We all do. We all want this sense of personal autonomy in anything that we do. They need to have skin in the game. And so in order to really empower them, we have to remind them that ultimately outcome is driven by effort and only they can put in the effort. We can guide and collaborate, but if they're not making the effort, they're not going to get to the end goal. So being that trainer who's always reading, learning, educating themselves, taking courses, that's going to keep us more adaptable and flexible and kind of just putting that ego at the door and saying, you know what? I know what I know, but my client is in charge of their body. They have personal bodily autonomy and I just need to meet them where they're at. Give them the tools, but let them succeed. All right. So again, I'm Angie Miller. This is Strong Mind, Strong Body. And we are talking about true crimes that we might be committing that haunt our clients. So number four, crime number four is we're not educating our clients or arming them with useful information. So when we tell our clients what to do and the why is missing, then we rob them of purpose. We rob them of the whole reason why they're there. Why do they want to exercise? What, what are they working and why does it matter? How will it apply to their everyday lives? I mean, we all have an agenda right? I, I kind of want to know if you're going to ask me to do this, I want to know how is this going to apply in my everyday life? If you're going to ask me to push a tire across a parking lot, I want you to tell me why. I want you to give me purpose and I want it to align with how I live my life and why it should matter to me. So again, this has to do with building intrinsic motivation. When we have why, we have purpose. We're not just going through the motions. So when we teach our clients the value of exercise and how it applies to their everyday lives, we help them understand human movement and we give them tools to succeed. So you know what? I know there are trainers out there. They want their clients to believe that they have the secret sauce. And maybe they have this fear that if they educate their clients, then their clients would feel like they could do it on their own. But you know what? Here's I think that empowered clients take an active role in training. And when they do that, they don't put all of the results on our shoulders. They have some skin in the game and they know that ultimately they're the boss. And so they're more likely to be driven to succeed. What do you think? I'd be curious to hear your thoughts on that one. Okay. So crime number five, speaking too fast. I'm just kidding. Okay. So I have a producer in the background and he told me that I'm speaking too fast. And that is a crime of mine. It's a crime of mine when I am working with clients. It's a crime of mine when I'm talking to people. So crime number five that we commit is not helping our clients manage expectations. Clients might say things like, I'm working so hard, but I'm not getting anywhere. And they get very frustrated. But where I start with that is define getting anywhere. Again, this is why education is important and why process over outcome is important. It's also important that we help our clients 
set these realistic expectations in the beginning, right? At that very first session. That way we build this patience and this true understanding and, you know, develop this, this appreciation for the fact that we exercise for life, not just for a goal, that it's, it's a marathon, not a sprint. But I have something I want to share here. It's really not just our clients who might have expectations that are out of alignment. I think that we as trainers can fall into this trap too. And not to call anyone out, but I think sometimes this might happen more with trainers who are new to the space versus seasoned trainers. So imagine or think about parents, right? Think about the parent who believes that their kids' achievements or lack of achievements is a reflection on them. So these are the parents who push, push, push their kids because it's like their kids are bragging rights and their parents want to be able to go out and share with their family, their friends, their coworkers, all of their kids' accolades and achievements. But trainers can fall into this trap wanting their clients to kind of go hard or go home, get the results right away so that who's going to look good? The trainer, right? So sometimes trainers who do this, they might blame and shame their clients. If only they would work harder or if they would just stop doing this or that. But they forget that Every client has to go at their own pace, right? And every client sees progress differently. If we push too hard, too soon, or we shame or we blame our clients, we're going to do the opposite of building intrinsic motivation. So in my experience personally, the only sport and exercise activities that I have not enjoyed over the years are the ones where someone pushes me too hard, too fast or they don't give me the tools to succeed, um, or they don't encourage me well, they don't play off of my strengths. So honestly, I had this experience in pickleball and I had this experience in golf. In both of those sports, I didn't have people who were encouraging me, playing off my strengths, or kind of giving me those tools that I needed to succeed. So again, I'm Angie Miller. This is our Strong Mind, Strong Body podcast, and I am talking about true crimes. If only I had the scary music to go along with it. Things that we as trainers might be doing that haunt our clients. So before I sign off here, I want to recap an, another earlier episode that I did. So about a year ago, it was, it was in March of 2021, I did a bad trainer episode, a tips to avoid, you know, being a bad trainer or like your clients might fire you if, and I'd love it if you go back and listen to it, but I'm going to recap some of those points that I made in there too. So in that episode, I talked about the trainer who is the hard driving you know, uh, focuses on intensity versus quality of movement. So they're the go home or go hard trainer. So I remember I have a coworker who came in and she had just come back from a car accident and her trainer was pushing her super hard and making her feel bad that she couldn't do what she used to do. And she actually threw up after the session and never went back to that trainer. So some trainers send that message that if you can't sit on the toilet, you're not doing enough. But think about everything that we just talked about. 
First and foremost, give your clients education and tools to succeed. Exercise doesn't have to be painful. In fact, it probably shouldn't be. So the other one that I shared was the disengaged. You're keeping me from other more important things, trainer, like the client who crosses or the trainer who crosses their arms or looks at themselves in the mirror while they're training. I used to have a hairdresser who did that who's checking themselves out more than they're checking out their client. So remember, body language matters when you're working with people. They're not just listening to what you say. They're listening to how you say it, and they're watching your body. So are you crossing your arms? Because that might make you look disengaged. Are you leaning against something and looking like you're ready to go to sleep or take a big nap? Um, are you failing to make eye contact or are you watching the clock, looking in the mirror, any of those things that we might be doing that send the message of I'm here, but I'm not really here. So we want congruency between what comes out of here and what this, our body is doing and what they're witnessing. So another thing that I mentioned was in that previous episode was a trainer who's personal but not professional. And this might be the trainer who wants to hang out with their clients. And everyone's going to have a different opinion on this one. I'm just going to invite you to consider that if we do too much hanging out with our clients, then sometimes things from our sessions come into our personal time that we hang out. And sometimes the personal time that we hang out comes into our sessions. It can be hard to keep a good boundary. Okay. So again, I'm Angie Miller. This is my true crimes episode on our Strong Mind, Strong Body podcasts. So the other things that I talked about in my previous episode was the trainers who don't educate. And I talked about that today or trainers who don't offer takeaway tools and tips. So I want to leave you with this thought. If we're only with our clients two hours a week, there's 166 other hours in the week. So what can we do to keep our clients motivated between sessions? Maybe this is articles. Maybe this is text that we send them for inspiration. Maybe it's, you know, simple nutritional guidance without, you know, getting out of our lane. Maybe it's talking about other things that play into our training goals, which is sleep, stress, healthy emotions. Okay. And the last thing that I mentioned in that previous episode was trainers who, who, who program on the spot. So we really want to make sure that we're prepped and ready to go. So in closing, I just want to recap this. So I talked about basically our true crimes edition today was on things that we might be doing that haunt our clients. And I talked about number one, our first crime that we might be committing is not creating that emotional connection with our clients so that they feel seen and heard and valued. Number two was maybe misunderstanding their motivations and not recognizing that motivations change over time. Number three, the third crime was being a know-it-all trainer. And the fourth crime was not educating our clients or arming them with useful information. And the fifth one was not helping our clients to manage expectations. So I really hope you enjoyed this True Crimes podcast. I hope that you'll share your idea of what other true crimes trainers commit. I know I even shared this episode with my husband and he came up with all kinds of ones that I was like, yeah, we're not going to go there today. 
But also refer back to that earlier podcast that I talked about, where I talked about bad trainer behavior. So let me hear from you. Keep reaching out to me on social media and other ways. I'm Angie Miller Fitness. I'd just love to hear what you'd like to talk about. Thank you again to our NASM and APA audience for joining me, and I'll see you next week. Mm -hmm.